The first time I came out, I was 17 years old. It was in between my junior and senior years of high school. It was July 4th, a weekend, and I was backing out of my hard to back out of driveway with my close friend, uh, Kay, at the time. Close friend at the time. We were going shopping for holiday sales, and with my hand on the back of her headrest, twisted in half in an attempt to see where I was going, I said something along the lines of, so I think I like girls. I must have clarified the also at some point, um, meaning in addition to boys, but her response at the time was a pretty straightforward, uh, yeah, we know, with a couple question marks. I think I've told this story uh, on the pod before, I'm 99% sure, but uh, on some on some podcast at least, um, but my friend, uh, then a girl, no longer the case, was gay, and I posted a selfie on MySpace with the caption, "This girl makes me like girls," and I only mention and I only mention assigned assigned gender because the the story doesn't make sense otherwise. Um, so posted caption MySpace, "This girl makes me like girls." And I meant that in a not like other girls way, which is funny um, because we're both trans now. Uh, but after reading it and looking at it again and sort of looking at all my old, my own old photos as I want to do, uh, that was sort of my light bulb moment. Um, previously, the same friend and I had been, quote, in a relationship on Facebook as, as teens did then. Uh, and if you're too young or too old to remember that. Um, bless you. Truly, amen. <laughs> so anyway, everyone who knew me and the two of us assumed that relationship on Facebook was real and that I had come out on Facebook via relationship status, which does feel really fucking on target and is also hilarious. Um, since people already knew, I got to just start talking about girls. Um, I had a crush on a couple of freshmen that year uh, I was since I was a senior. Um <laughs> A legacy I carried forward with me, you know, petite dancer types who made me feel tough and strong. And maybe now I'd even say like a man. I was in a creative writing course for one semester and um, someone I didn't really know at the time, but became good friends with. Uh, I, I wrote a story in creative writing class about a girl with sort of a, a first person narrator of um, non, n no detail, just sort of. You know, it was a, a one and a half page, you know, a, about a girl. And uh, my friend Katie asked if I was the narrator of the story. And I had to admit, yes. Uh, another great, we were in the parking lot eating sushi from Hannaford. So yeah, just kind of coming out in a bunch of great places. <laughs> um but anyway, yeah, I've, I guess it makes sense. Like I said, the legacy carrying forward, I've always wanted a girl I can carry, um, which, uh, given potential height differences often poses some logistical challenges, but nevertheless, I have persisted. Um, in high school, I kissed a few straight girls, went to prom alone and marched into college marching band as an open bisexual, um, how do girls do it? talking about sex, um, was a great, great question. I fielded in a dining hall once, um, deeply a virgin. I answered with some semblance of scissoring descriptors, afraid to admit my 0% hit rate. Um, I kissed the one out girl in the marching band, uh, after we beat Rutgers, the end of the season. 
and then ended up kissing all the other out girls. <laughs> After I mental breakdown and shaved my head, my on and off again boyfriend at the time said to me once, you have no idea what it's like for people to ask how you feel about your girlfriend being a lesbian, meaning people asking him how it feels that I was apparently a lesbian, which is so funny. Um, 100 out of 10, 2020, uh, 2012 apps, like absolute total garbage. Um, it's so, it's particularly funny because I was so out and literally talked constantly about being bisexual. Um, so it is so funny for people to be like, oh my God, she shaved her head. She must be a lesbian now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck everyone. This, this we definitely talked about in, uh, go back and listen to our, our live episodes recorded in Queens in October of 2020. Um, they are lit as fuck. So the word bisexual in particular uh, is a word that I found at some point in my early teens. I've made cracks about it before and alluded to the story, but I am deadly serious when I say watching dodgeball, <laughs> watching dodgeball on a date where she kisses her PhD girlfriend and then kisses Vince Vaughn right after. Um, damn. Yeah. I knew that was me uh, in some way. The word just made so much sense and really just fit. Um, between that and Olivia Wilde and House, um, Femme Beauty is just showing me, showing me the way, opening the doors, doing all of the work. Um, the second time I came out, I've discussed before. Um, yeah. Anyway, long-term listeners have heard some of these stories, but in a different context and new listeners are hearing them for the first time. So, um, yeah, some of this is repeat, but it's fucking my show and I can talk about what I want. You did not get a completely unhinged delusional birthday recording. Um, so this is kind of my reflecting and talking about myself moment. Anyway, the second time I came out, I used gender nonconforming specifically. The, the reason why I moved away from it is that that word can really mean anyone outside of a rigid gender stereotype. Um, whether they are cis or trans. And so that word became a little too general for me. Um, something John and I discussed in the episode, you relate to the world and the world relates back. Um, you know, we were talking about words and concepts and definitions, and there's an order that determines how you can know things about yourself and about anything with the words or exploration of identity labels. I never would have gotten to where I am today without sort of thinking through what these words mean and how they relate to me and how all of that sort of circles around itself and turns into a Venn diagram and then a smushy sort of Jackson Pollock mess. I've even moved away from non-binary a little bit because it's it, like, it's not, it's not quite enough outside the binary, which I do believe is real. And by real, I don't mean I validate or affirm it. Um, I think that gender is a sort of made up set of constructs based on evolutionary caveman lizard brain bullshit. Um, should it be a determining factor in how you're treated? No. Should it really matter anymore in any capacity? Not really. Um, but that doesn't mean sexism isn't real and any kind of gender requirement, uh, does not mean any sort of gender requirement is, you know, not oppressive or anything like that. So sometimes, you know, I think to myself the question, like, what's wrong with being a woman? And my answer is nothing. I just am not one. <laughs> um, honestly, I may bring this up later, 
because I've been thinking about a lot, but right now at time of writing, um, I'm eating carrot cake and drinking in Manhattan at a bar in Missouri. I had dinner out last night because the bartender is cute. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, sort of related to all this, these thoughts and terms. Um, I've been thinking about what gender fluid looks and feels like. And honestly, it's a word I don't like saying gender fluid or two words. Um, and it feels a little silly to, to be perfectly honest. No shame to anyone who really vibes with that term. It's just not one that sits super well with me. Um, and yeah, part of thinking about if I want to physically transition is, you know, the control of perception and, and could, could I ever look like, you know, I'm five feet tall. Um, so that's already one point against me. Me at me, not um, telling men how they should be or how they should feel about being men. But, um, yeah, why would I call myself a man if I can't look like the man I want to be? And related to all of that <laughs> and related to what we're going to be talking about today, which is some terms, uh, specifically gender terms, um, I think a lot about the contrast and in my angrier moments, like myself accused hypocrisy, um, between being bisexual and non-binary. <laughs> um, both words are used to recognize and oftentimes to reinforce his and hers, boy and girl. Um, but the truth is I just like pansexual less is the segue. Um, I hate when I see it defined as like liking a vibe as opposed to a physical body. Um, I hate how it's used as a moral cudgel. I feel really strongly that it was invented by biphobic people in an attempt at bi erasure. Uh, I do feel that it is a term used to demonize bi people. And um, it's a signal that pan people aren't transphobic and bi people are, is how it's often used. Um, trust me, I've been using online chat rooms since I was eight years old and I've been out uh, as a bisexual for over a decade. So not only is my brain irrevocably broken, uh, because of that, I have seen all of these things. So it does sound like a superficial strawman argument. Um, but I promise everything I've ever said is in response to something I saw a real live human say on the internet. Um, another repeat story for longtime listeners, but, um, at an event with people I know from college and was sort of looked at directly down a table as someone was talking to a group of people why bisexual is bad as a word and as a concept. Um, and that's why he's pan, um, because bisexual people reinforce the gender binary and pan people don't. Um, I don't like how pan is, it's not a celebration of a term that works for people, um, but is almost always a negative contrast to something else, putting down someone else and particularly by people. Um, I don't know. Go listen to our old episodes. Listen to the game show episodes. They're the best. Um, maybe someday I'll bring on a straight person and play a terrible version um, of this game. <laughs> uh, I posted some of these thoughts on Instagram once a while back and got some really lovely responses assuring me for one. Um, so thank every thank everyone who responded in that moment all those years ago. Um, but sort of specifically guiding my thinking toward two parts, the, the two parts of bi being same and different, 
um, same gender as me, different gender as me. I really like that frame, um, mostly because it validates my previously held opinion. And this is when I would smile innocently at the camera if I was YouTubing. Um, the reason really that I've stuck with this label over time is because, like I said, I don't like pansexual. Um, but I have changed locations. I've changed attitudes. I've learned how to eat vegetables and love myself and I've learned how to live and make love and my politics have changed and I've learned the power of a label and what a label can mean and what it can say about you or let people assume about you. Um, but the only thing that has been stable in my life, uh, since I was a teenager is the fact that I'm bisexual and, I don't think I can ever use a different word, even as these definitions change, even as, you know, my relationship to my gender may change over time. Um, by, I, you know, I don't normally say it out, bisexual. You know, you can say bi with an asterisk or a plus sign. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, again, this is all in lieu of a, an unhinged birthday recording. So, um, anyway... I'm trans, bisexual, a king, a prince, a they, them, a sir, but only on the 7.30 a.m. flight to Chicago when all the lights were off and I was wearing a mask and a hat. Um, I like being my dude. I like bro. I'll take a my guy any day of the week. Love being seen as one of the boys. Um, but yeah, the long and short of it is I'm uh, just Jay, you know, saxophonist, monster fucker romantic educator world's best boss and also world's best dad i'm a fresh 31 a capricorn loyal only to book club and my best friends and the seven train it's february so i'll admit i've never fallen out of love ever not once i am surrounded by people who love me and i think david duchovny and twin peaks is the only quote man in a dress trans representation that's allowed and all of that gets pushed aside when I am the co-host and producer of Free Live Cams, a podcast. Crank up the motherfucking theme music, baby. Let's go. See you on the other side. So today, on this auspicious occasion, 
The X-Files Terms and Conditions Part 1. We're going to cover a gender, a fan request from almost a year ago, lol. Really meant to work it in, though maybe the person who asked doesn't even remember asking, and maybe they're not even listening. And uh, per above, since I'm eating that carrot cake, boys, um, all these terms have been just really bouncing around. been thinking on them and praying on them. Um, check the table of contents in the show notes, like we do. Just take a quick peeky. Nothing too outrageous. No <laughs> slurs. Um, the idea here for a frame was dictionary definition first use slash when the word was coined and my experience with the word to add some contextual definition. Um, that was pretty loosey goosey. I've got a bunch of written notes that I'm just going to kind of go through. Um, I have been traveling for work since Wednesday and did not dictate my notes, but I took them all down. So this may be a little free form, um, but that's what uh, the power of the edit is for. Hoping to do a few more of these since I have a laundry list of words I want to define. Um, if you have any requests, email the show or tweet. Send me a message on Instagram. Whatever works, I am supremely available. Let's start with non-binary. Last month, we talked about flags, and I don't think I gave credit to the creator of the non-binary flag, Kai Rowan, in 2004. Um, it was created for International Non-Binary People's Day, which is July 14th. Fuck yeah. When I looked up the dictionary definition of non-binary, um, obviously it doesn't show a picture of me, uh, though it should, but the actual <laughs> non-homo uh, version, the dictionary definition, not relating to, composed of, or involving just you thanks. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, I had a good old chuckle because this completely took me by surprise um, when I Googled dictionary definition non-binary and it pulled up, you know, the dictionary definition of non-binary. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, of course, this is a word. Um, but yeah, the basics outside of or neither male nor female. Uh, my experience with this word is that I use this one. Um, but again, maybe questioning it a little bit um, because... It's not quite, it's just not quite it anymore. Um, for me personally, it's too many syllables, TBH, when I can just say trans. And I am feeling more hesitant about unquestioning, not questioning, I'm feeling... <laughs> What am I trying to say? See, this is why I fucking write a script. So it's not just me being like Hermanner, we're Hermanner. I'm trying to be more concise with my language. Specificity is important. And if by using the term non-binary, we are continuing to reinforce the binary, which I don't think enforce is the right word, not how I mean it at least, um, but it is something recognizable um, but again, then the bisexual comes into play and then really, I don't want to intellectualize. <laughs> I just want to use the words that make me feel good. So we're moving away from non-binary. I tried to figure out where it started in the queer perspective. I couldn't find a sort of first use and the Google, the Google engram for non-binary 
is thrown off because it's a term that has an alternative meaning. But I did find that in 1997, the first use of MX for a gender-neutral suffix, right? That's a suffix, right? Don't tweet at me about literally anything else, but do not correct me if that's not a suffix. There are a bunch of links in the show notes, like always, with all of my resources and references. Um, the non-binary wiki was particularly good. It had a history of different, you know, non-gendered people across the queer community. Um, I mean, ideally what I'd really like to do is read some of the writings from those people, um, and try and sort of backtrack through works cited and referenced files and do actual real research, um, which I was supposed to learn how to do in graduate school. Um, yeah, so maybe one day. I'll do a real, I'll do a real deep dive on one of these terms. Um, I want to keep it light. I want to keep it breezy. I I want you as a listening audience to remember what the hell I'm talking about. But just a note to say, you know, my, again, my super topical Googling and reading is I know something you could do yourself, but you can just listen to me do it instead um, in my beautiful voice. But maybe someday we'll go back and do a real deep dive. Um, trans, the word trans was added to the dictionary in the 1970s. Um, and its definition is denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with their birth sex. Transgender was a term first used by John Olivier in 1965. I'm going to look this up actually, because my N could be an R. My God, Google is just put, pulling up John Oliver transgender rights videos. Thank, thank you. Uh, John F. Oliver, the psychiatrist. So, okay, it is Oliver and not Olivier, like I have written down. Was the first to use the word transgender. Um, transsexual uh, is a word that was coined uh, or sort of transferred from German to English between 1940 and 1949. Um, David Oliver Caldwell uh, is seen as the progenitor of that. Um, Transsexual is a hot topic for most. Um, It is a word that's been reclaimed by some and is still very bad to use for others. So that's not a word that I would use unless the person you're talking to or talking about has specifically used it for themselves. Um, In 1992, Leslie Feinberg distributed a pamphlet called Transgender Liberation, a movement whose time has come, um, and used transgender as a unifying term um, to encompass all all gender nonconformity. So these words were sort of termed in a psychologist (laughs) direction first, um, and then sort of in a, a more commonly used um, opportunity. These episodes also act as um, a reading list, <laughs> um, a bunch of things that I want to bookmark and look up later and read and go through and all that kind of stuff. Gender queer, two words, no space, though normally I will abbreviate and kind of put it together. Um, this word was first used by uh, Ricky and Wilchins spring 95 newsletter of transsexual menace, which I love. 
Um, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to decode my handwriting again. Um, also, I'm sorry for apologizing so much. I just want to make a good show for everyone. And I'm very tired. <laughs> but my show has never been fucking late. Not once in a year and a half. Not a single fucking time has an episode gone up late. And I'm not going to start now. And if that means, if that means slow talking through poor handwriting, so be it. Now I'm just justifying my own whatever. Okay. Sorry. Moving on. Refocus. Transsexual menace, an incredible name for a newsletter. Gender queer, referring to people with complex or unnamed gender expressions. Synonym, synonymous with non-binary. Synonym to non-binary. So gender queer is just another term to encompass um, non-conformity. Um, sort of specifically used for the first time in the mid-90s. I was four years old. Um, this term to me personally feels a little dated, a little old school. I think partially because I don't know anyone who uses this term. Um, it's, I don't want to say uncommon just because that's my anecdotal experience. Um, I don't really have a sense of, that's another thing to look up. I don't really have a sense of um, how many people use these terms, but uh, maybe that's a follow-up for Terms and Conditions Part 2. And if you're someone who uses gender queer and you want to write in and tell me about it, uh, I would love to read it and to learn more because, yeah, I mean, there's some summary stuff a little later, but just a thought for now. Gender fluid, the next term, um, the dictionary definition here, denoting or relating to a person who does not identify themselves as having a fixed gender, which I think is interesting, the fixed um, component of gender fluid, which is kind of why I like it. Um, but I also, it's a term that like today I dress, dress feminine and today I dress masculine, I think we are broadening our definitions of, of femme and mask and um, all of the everything that goes in there. But I think to, to say, like, sometimes I'm androgynous and sometimes I'm femme and sometimes I'm mask, um, to me, does kind of indulge in those stereotypes a bit because you are signaling a certain way relying on schema based on these terms. So it is, again, impossible to escape, um, but I, I kind of like that it recognizes that gender, again, whilst a construct, something that has been built up over time to mean certain things, um, these terms do have meaning and historical context. So, yeah, someone without a fixed gender, I think, is an interesting piece. Gender fluid, spelled with a hyphen, emerges in the 1980s. Um, but it's also, I think it's a term that I see more young people use. I see people on Twitter who use this term of varying ages. I see it on TikTok. But yeah, it's a term that sort of from a concept standpoint I enjoy, but from an execution standpoint, um, I don't like saying it and I don't like their flag. <laughs> And I would rather be trans than gender fluid, 
I think that's on the sliding scale, gender fluid and non-binary are pretty close to each other for me. Um, but trans is still kind of the standout. And then finally, um, a gender, uh, was added into the dictionary in 2015. The dictionary definition is, um, almost exactly the same as gender fluid which is denoting or relating to a person who does not identify themselves as having a particular gender. So I saw a really good thread. I tried to track it down, but this person is no longer on Twitter. Um, his Twitter handle used to be Ren Apollo. He is on the Fast Times at D&D High podcast. So Ren's Twitter thread was about being a gender in a way that he has no gender. Over the time that I've known of Ren's content, uh, he has changed pronouns and um, specific gender labels. And this is my perception from a, a 10,000 foot view Twitter follower type person. So all that to say, interesting to think about having no gender at all. Um, I lean toward this idea a little bit um, as a completely gender neutral or an attempt at being gender neutral. Um there is so, again, so much context behind boy, girl, behind male, female, behind all of these binary terms that we use that I think it's very hard to just say no. I think it's very powerful. It is a power that I find a little scary to think like I'm just... I think it is difficult to, as an individual, opt out of the system that is so structured. And I think that is why like gender fluid makes sense to me, where non-binary is making less sense to me, but trans makes a lot of sense to me because I do not identify with my birth sex assignment. Um, a gender is a not, you know, having no particular gender, um, it's a term that is sort of outside the binary enforcement, which I think is, is interesting. Um, the Google Ngram for a gender um, has mentions in as early as 1819. So I don't really know what, the, I don't really know what that means. Um, and sort of, you know, another, another thing to look up um, how these terms have evolved over time, because if, if, it could have, you know, it could be a typo maybe in like a, a research paper or, an, or any kind of news, you know, anything that Google has scanned or is scanning. Um, yeah. So mentions as early as 1819, was it a typo? I don't know. But I think even some of these words like genderqueer being used in 1995, like sort of famously documented in 1995. I think so many straight and cis people see these terms on TikTok and on Twitter and sort of immediately assume that they're new. And um, just because something is new doesn't, or new to you, doesn't mean it's new overall. That's something I really would like to enforce as a part of the show. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd also say one added note about pansexual as I'm, I'm wrapping up. I guess my problem is the term itself 
and what I believe are its historical roots and how it is often utilized. You might even say weaponized. Um, but if you're a person who like totally vibes with pan and loves this word and uses like uses it for yourself, that is fucking great. Um, as long as you're not translating that as uh, into judgment of others just because it makes you feel good. Yeah, I have no problem with any of these words or literally any word for people to use to describe themselves. Um, I do hope that folks ask what these words mean to individual people. I mean, all I've done is look up sort of generally dictionary def definitions and, um, and my own contextual experience, but that doesn't mean what I am saying or what Ren is saying or what any of these, you know, writers in the 1990s are saying. Um, it doesn't mean that any of us, any of us are right and, you know, words feel good for different reasons for different people. And so, yeah, I have problems with pan. Um, I have had it used against me as I just was talking about. Um, but if pan is a word that works for you, I love that for you. And if you feel really happy with that word and the way that it makes you feel and it helps you be perceived, then cool. Great. And, you know, I would say I encourage other people to be respectful <laughs> and leave me and my words alone, um, as I am, uh, you know, going to do for anyone out there. Um, and I, and I'm also not trying to say like change words because I tell you to, or someone else says so, but I think it is important to challenge these words that we've used for a long time and question why we use them. Um, that's what I've done and it's really helped me sort of sort out what words I use and why and what they mean and why they're important and I encourage people to do the same because thinking is great and honestly life is a fucking nightmare so do whatever you need to, to do to feel good to feel good and figure your shit out so him I think that's going to wrap it up at the time I edit out all my pauses and add in the theme and we'll probably be at a, a cool 30, 35 minutes or so. Thank you to everyone who has had any hand at any point in making this show, promoting this show, listening to this show. Y'all, you're the real heroes here. Uh, you get a little Valentine's Day smooches. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Uh, Leah and Zach get extra love, extra smooches. Our logo, iconic. Our theme, iconic. Contact us on social media. Check the show notes for all of our stiff. And recommend us to your friends. Tell your mom. Um, for one Venmo dollar, I will give your mom a special message on the show. That is only 92% a joke. Uh, listen to Let Go and Let God, my other podcast. Listen to Lana Del Rey. H&I remotely celebrated Born to Die's 10-year anniversary the day I was writing this script, and then I listened to the entire Paradise edition of the record, which is the double record, um, while driving back to the airport for my work trip. And the two of us are going to Girl Talk in April. It's going to be lit as fuck. So if you're in Brooklyn and you're at Girl Talk and you're a listener to my show, come say hello because Free Live Camps will be in the house. Okay, I think that is it. I don't know what I'm going to do next month. I've got all these plans. I got a busy February. 
Um, but I'm going to miss you between now and then. And I hope that you're thinking of me. And uh, I hope you're listening to old episodes because we work really fucking hard on them. And they're really good. Okay, I'm leaving for real this time. Goodbye, 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 bye. Sober check. So tired. Oh, I got monitor turned on. Hold on. Mic check. Check. No monitor now. Featuring my radiator. Mm.